This episode is brought to you by the generous donations of John Carey, Laura Pickren, Nico Batson, Elizabeth Clark, Daryl Delaney, Ryan Royce, Irene Viarito, the Cam family, Charles Compton, Emily Estella Scott, Michael Clark, and David Scrams, as well as all of our generous patrons. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Eberron Renewed, an actual play 5th edition D&D podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. We have just ended an arc, so it is time for Eberron Reviewed. A self-indulgent quest for understanding of our own podcast. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Eric. And I'm Philip. <laughs> uh, so four episodes this arc. Um, but, uh, I mean, a lot happened. Major turning point in the story. So uh, let's jump straight in. Uh, you know, end of the last arc, we got on the boat to head to uh, back to Zindrick. This arc, we got there. First thing we do, we meet up with some old, for now, we'll call them friends. <laughs> when we met up with them, they were old friends, Barasha and Orgev, <laughs> wandering through the desert, um, just sunburnt and heat blind. Yep. Uh, or so they seemed. So they seemed perpetrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, and we did the hospitable thing and made Jace go up and down like a yo-yo so we could get them on the boat. Um, <laughs> you know what's really funny? We were not in the least bit suspicious when they showed up in the middle of the desert. No, it's almost like they're just, you know, they're, they have been a less, uh, well, no, a more serious, just like Laurel and Hardy. They just kind of get into misadventures and, <laughs> and cross paths with us. Yeah, like, that is what they have. That is what I see saw them as up until uh, the end of this arc. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so we talk about. Barasha tells us there's a, a place, and we're looking around for a place, and we decide to go. Barasha, of course, being Barasha, wants to go. Well, at the time, Barasha being Barasha. <laughs> Yeah, wants yeah, to be a great thing. He's he's always been Barasha. No, okay, Barasha, as he had presented himself to us, it made sense that he would want to go with us. Potentially, some action. Barasha was like Dragonborn Boronel. Yeah, yeah, basically he's always wanted to go have fun. Now we know it was a scheme. Yeah, schmuck. Um. So, uh, so yeah. So we say Barash can go with us, and we have a whole nail-biting about um, Oriana, and well, she's going to be mad when she finds out, and like, not untrue, but Dex's, <laughs> but Dex's thought of it is, I mean, I think I even said as much, like, yeah, life has disappointments in it, and so she gets to deal with this one. She's dealt with plenty, I get that, but yeah. so have we all. Um, But, so we go... Um, to the opening that we find through some uh, some checks and stuff. And 
begin walking down a tunnel that we find. Ornate carvings, and were th- these carvings were the dragons attacking the giants. Is that right? Yes. The first set that, of carvings that, in, in, the in the tunnel. It was the dragon attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And we wander, and <laughs> this was the, the first episode was where we had that weird, like, existential conversation about. <laughs> dangers before us and behind us and mm-hmm. all that stuff again little did we know the whole time <laughs> the danger behind us was right in front of us <laughs> uh but yeah i mean I, I, what else i didn't write things down this time i apologize i was listening while i was getting things done as opposed to just focusing as much so what else in this first I mean, episode needs I believe it was really just the trek down the tunnel and the episode ended with our realization that we were about to be attacked by undead guardians. Yep. Right. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. Uh, episode two. Eric tried to kill Dex. <laughs> Just unabashedly, no pretense of gameplay. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that goblin in a can. <laughs> I, I, you know, I should have tallied it up. I definitely lost over 150 hit points throughout that encounter. It was a crazy, you took a crazy amount of damage. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good fight. We were it, really, for the first time in a while, we were really, I think, in, in serious danger. We were really sweating. Well, you know, it's wild. We were in serious danger, but we've been in fights where at least one of us has gone down and it didn't feel, true. it did but it didn't feel as heavy as this fight. Maybe it's because yeah. the unknown of, like when you're fighting bugs, it's like, all right, they, mm-hmm. they can probably poison you, they can bite you, they can sting you, they can whatever. When you're fighting other, ma- like, undead magic users, it's like, you literally have no idea what they might throw at you next. Well, and what, yeah. I, what I did for this fight, which is uh, something that I hadn't done for a long time just for the sake of simplicity, is uh, all of those were unique monsters with unique initiative slots, and so... It, they were spread out throughout the order and they all did different things sure. as opposed to getting mm-hmm. finding a stat block I like doing times four times five and then throwing them at you. Um, I really tried to create a dynamic party, for lack of a better term, for you all to go up against. And I think that added a lot of uh, dynamics to the fight. Yeah. Yeah. It made it super fun. I will. I think you cut out your personal deliber- deliberations because, OK, so the guy that honed in on me and I honed in on. Oh yes, I did cut out the Okay, so that part you remember, dear listener, where he turned into five guys that all wanted to hand my butt to me. <laughs> when Eric did that, he was also under the impression that each of those five guys could also turn into five guys. I misread the stat block. That wanted to kill Dex. So if he had not gone back and double checked, he I guess his better angel said, uh uh, this isn't okay. <laughs> so we went back and checked yeah. the stat block and or the spell uh, I believe it was Philip who Indonesia. said, well, then this fight can never end. And then Randy corrected him and said, oh, it can end just yeah. with all of our deaths. <laughs> it ended the campaign. So, and then he went back. So there was a, there was a short period. I mean, it wasn't long, a minute to 90 seconds where I was like, okay, I really thought Dex was done. Cause if each of these guys could spawn five more, it's donezo. Uh, but yeah, there were uh, some really cool characters. We, uh, using a natural 20, uh, um, Eric made a suggestion and I went with it. And yes, that is my fault. I will admit <laughs> that's on me. 
that I that I that I let Eric set up <laughs> the impetus of our own problems uh, by allowing Oriana to join the fight. She did great. She did do well, and uh, and Dex Dex came around somewhat. <laughs> on her being he didn't want her there he he doesn't he because he doesn't want something bad to happen to her both for her sake and for barracks but as long as she's productive if she's there all right she's here i mean what was going through barracks mind when she showed up uh i think in the moment i was really trying to think about that and i think in the moment it was okay, there's no time to have this argument. She's here and I really can't do anything about it because it's no safer to just send her on her way. Uh, nor could I be sure she would do it. So in the moment, it was, okay, we have to deal with this right now. But it very quickly became, I have to deal with her because she got <laughs> she got mind-controlled mm-hmm. <laughs> moments into, the, into her arrival. Uh, so it became kind of a... I can deal with this later, but at the same time, Barrick's whole focus, at least for a portion of the fight, was this girl can't die. Yeah, sure. And yeah, especially, I mean, particularly with, and I don't know what one retains with the Crown of Thorns spell. Like if you remember what you did while mind controlled, but having gone through that, Mm -hmm. Barrick was probably even more like that. More so than yeah. watching her probably just get like hit really badly or a you know sickening poison ray or something hit at her. That particular spell probably resonated. I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think Barrick. I think Barrick is extremely concerned because he doesn't know. He has no idea what he will do if she died. Sure. No, that, yeah. Except that it will be bad. Right, totally. Um, other things. Those guys had weird thing for touching faces that I didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> specifically your face. Huh? I mean, specifically your face. Right. Well, they tried to touch barracks, but he's got a barrier. Um, but yeah, they. Uh, now you can say this. Now was was the so the second face touching was to impart that memory. Was the first the no, same? The, the, the first was, was a different an attack. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I just did the face touch for the imparting knowledge just because it be, it had become a bit. So fair enough. Lean into it. Um, <laughs> we did lose one of them. He bamfed out yep. because of a one. He's And he's making moves somewhere, you said. Yeah, that natural one. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when the one starts talking to me, or t- talking to Dex, and says... Um, or no, it's not when he talked to Dex. It's when he was talking to his compatriots and said, don't let them go any further down the hall. Yeah. My thought then was immediately, I because we were all surrounding him. He was in melee with, what, four of us? Mm-hmm. Me, Beric, mm-hmm. um, Oriana, and Barasha. Barasha. And my Jeff's thought was, if I can make him chase me, they'll get opportunity attacks and we can probably just kill him. I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to blow that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's why I would. That's why it seemed stupid at the time to disengage and run down the hallway, but that was what I was hoping would happen. And when it did, I did my own little private happy dance. <laughs> um, 
and decided not to elucidate it until the reviewed so I could really prop myself up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it, and it ended up with Oriana killing him in the chest with a spear, which was cool. It's true. But again, not before he was able to impart upon me a memory. The memory being him sealing up the temple that we were in and a gray mist rolling in. And I was unaware until Philip mentioned it. The dead gray mist is the thing that that dinked up uh, Kyre real good. Indeed. That's a that's a fair way of putting it. It got dinked up real good. Yeah, yeah. No, dinked up. That's a, that's, that's a technical term, I think. Well, it's a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Um, and that's where that episode ends, is with my new implanted memory. Mm-hmm. And then things got weird. (laughs) 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 I fell in love with a sword. Uh, uh, So, yes, the next one starts. I explain that. We talk about the mist. Uh, We talk about the memory. Uh, There's not a lot really to it in this episode, but it circles back around in the next one. And we'll talk about that then. But this episode was a mild-mannered dungeon crawl, for lack of a better way of putting it. We were... Just walking through some tunnels. All straight hallways, though. No, no, no mazes no. or anything. No, it wasn't a maze by any, by any means. Um, but doors to the left and right. And uh, there was some offerings and maybe a vase with maybe a magic sword that maybe a guy picked up. You can take the changeling out of the Thieves' Guild. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't really take the Thieves' Guild out of the changeling. And I decided that I was, and we had already, I believe earlier in that episode, or maybe it was the previous one, but still on the same day of recording, talked about how we never loot. That had already come up. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and plunder. And it wasn't. Talk about the quandary of player knowledge versus character knowledge. When I knew when I rolled that one, that what Eric was going to do was curse the sword. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And he knew that that would, I hope he knew that that would be impactful because I would play as though I didn't know, didn't think yeah. the sword was cursed. Sucked. Didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to play that. That was one of those ones where I had to play the character and not the player. Yeah. And as far as, curses go it wasn't the worst but uh i mean i felt compelled to use that sword and not another certainty that you're cured i used yeah eric let me use the 20 that i rolled later are we oh yes okay that's right that's right i forgot yeah yeah because at the time i'd forgotten that the 20 is for the player not the character and I was like, I can't think of a narrative way that Dex would know he's cursed to remove it. But if the 20 is the, for the player, then I get to do that metagaming. So, yeah. And I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the, 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 the reason I allowed that was, A, because we have that established thing with the 20s. Uh, but also, I mean, the, the curse, that sword was going to serve a very interesting narrative function 
um, in the pursuit of the fourth weapon. And once the weapon got left behind, the curse no longer served. It was just going to be a complication without any payoff. Like it wasn't mm. going to do anything. So there's no reason to keep it around. Sure. So because Barrett gets what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Eric wins an argument <laughs> by serious force. Um, And then there's the other room. Booyah, Barash go into. There's an axe. The axe gets left behind. Nothing special. We continue. Okay, so the six rooms, the barracks, the the the, the lodging that we found with the cots and the skeletons, mm-hmm. and the one skeleton that was different. Playing it, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that. Oriana and Barasha were talking considerably more about the amulet than the rest of us. And I don't know if that was DM hinting that we should take it. Booyah ended up taking it because of course he did. Yeah. Um, but then there was the, the, that person's journal. That was a traitor. That was a spy. Mm-hmm. And that's why they had the amulet because they were a spy. And it came out in the journal. And I assume that was what we were supposed to discover about them. Don't have anybody who can reanimate the dead, especially not something that long dead, yeah. to talk to them. So right. it wasn't like we were going to get any more information out of it. And now Booyah has the amulet, so we ended up with it anyway. Um, but and Booyah does Booyah have that journal? I would assume so. Okay, if anybody does, it would be Booyah. fair enough. Because Dex is going to read his that he kept because he's genuinely interested in what happened with all this now, especially now. Yeah. Uh, and so if Booyah kept his, he might ask for that one too, and maybe we'll find, or Booyah might read it, even though he said it's pretty dry, and we might find out some more. But, um, we continue, we climb a ladder, we get into the room with the spear. Philip throws a curveball. Go ahead, Philip. <laughs> I thought the escaped undead guardian might be hiding up there invisible because we hadn't found him again. I couldn't think what's he going to do outside the pyramid. So I, I kind of figured he must be in the room and I didn't want to be ambushed. So my Kinsei path has a ability uh, to have a very short duration true sight. Uh, so I spent a bunch of key and had true sight and got very surprised. Yeah, you used it to not be surprised. And yet Call, calling it a curveball, I think, is unfair. It's like the first knuckleball overthrown in professional, which like that shouldn't be possible or legal. I believe you. I believe you hit me squarely between the eyes with the ball. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Eric. Just short of like went paper white when Philip said that. And there was there was a solid what seven, eight minutes? Yeah. There's a lot of time cut out of that episode of, of silence. Of just silence while Eric you can you can hear because you know, we did some intermittent cutting of things in of us riffing. And at some point I think I say something like, Eric, what you struggling with over there? <laughs> Well, and and it just it caught me so off guard because I had and I, I hadn't done this in a while, so that that's on me. But I back in the Draconos days had begun auditing 
Ural's paths to see if slash when true sight would slash could come into play. And like had and I just I had stopped doing my due diligence in that regard and did not realize that Beric had true sight. And so it just it caught me like Dex could have revealed to me, oh, Baker did an era where changelings could can change into like griffins now. And I would have been caught less off guard than <laughs> Beric having true sight. Oh, by the way, changeling can change yeah. into griffins. Um, and OK, so since it's since th- that's uh, you mentioned that you've been keep trying to keep up with true sight from the beginning to answer the question that several people had among them i know laura and kevin both asked yeah. it, i believe uh barasha and orgev have both been dragons from jump street from the yes. first time we saw them on the train platform yes. uh however that is not that was not that's uh, not josh josh boyd who created barasha mm-hmm. um thanks to a contest that he won uh, that was not part of his pitch. That was something that I took and adapted for the campaign. So everything, basically the background that Josh sent me was Barash's cover story. So thank you, Josh, um, for saving me that headache. But yeah, so yes, they have both been dragons <laughs> from the very beginning. Eric has 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 given them paths and dialogue and everything as though they are both dragons masquerading as, like anytime you brought them in, it's not like it, Slipped your mind to keep in mind. Oh, no. they're actually dragons. No, yeah, um, no. Every everything has been calculated, I guess, um, on which, on their part. Which is wild that they let them like that. Barasha let himself get lukened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those things where it, he was never in any genuine danger. I guess was the like their thinking anyway. So, um, because. I have not found any evidence to state that a vampire can turn a dragon into a Draco pyre. Well, Barasha already is a vampire. He drank dragon blood and got stronger. That's one That's one hint that I, I meant to drop in during a Zendric arc is I wanted you all to like come upon a dragon fight and see like one of the dragons land a big like throat clamp and consume the other dragon's blood and like like go into like a barbarians esque rage thing. I wanted to drop that hint in there and it just, the opportunity never came up, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's just, uh, another thing that I kind of wanted to pepper in, but that, that's the one thread that I never got to plug into the campaign. I can promise you that if we had come upon a dragon fight in Zendrick, Dex would not have stuck around long enough to see their signature moves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um so that's the one the one thing like where you you go back and listen to the show and go oh okay that makes sense so yeah and that that is seen the dragon blood drinking scene was also brought up i believe by laura yeah in the context of this question um so yeah they've been dragons the whole time um real quick because it's on my mind and it was brought up, and we didn't specifically ask Orgev what shade of dragon he is, but you said we did see them flying away. Yeah, I saw that question, and I told Philip after we were, were recording, after you and Randy left, because I realized I had it had slipped my mind. He's blue. So he's definitely the dragon that stole the book that he was already concerned about. I mean, maybe. He's definitely the dragon <laughs> that stole the book that we were already concerned about during the battle that we all died. Well, okay, one of us died, died. 
all three of us went unconscious and he was there That's true <laughs> and just let it what a schmuck <laughs> i hate that guy Orgav the dragon. I don't know. I've been Orgav a long time. Better call me Orgav. Dog, you're thousands of years old. You've been Orgav for <laughs> half a decade. Okay, anyway, let's get back to it. Um, so, yes. Rashe is a dragon. Beric calls him out on it. End of episode. Truth. If this had been one of those end of episode end of play session, we'll pick up the arc in a month, I would have been so mad. Because <laughs> that does happen. That has happened. Yeah. Not, yeah. A, not a major, major reveal, I don't think, but there's definitely been like amp up to a battle, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. 10 p.m. And so we're, and the I arc's think, not done. I think the Lucan fight, like the, the, the second Lucan fight, I think yes. we ramped up to it and then had to break for a month. So. Uh-huh. I think that's the only like big payoff moment that you all have had to wait on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's confronted in the fourth episode of the arc about being a dragon. And Orgev shows up. He says, nah, he says, yes, I'm a dragon and turns into one, which had to have been startling. And also yes. probably, probably gross. We've never really talked about what changing really looks like. For yeah. anybody, you know, we, we, we've said it's not painful. We've discussed right. that. And I yeah. assume especially for a dragon. Like, if it's not painful for Dex, it's certainly probably no skin off a dragon's nose. Well, and I mean, I'm, I imagine Barash's transformation would be less jarring because he is a dragonborn. So, like, his his head just gets bigger and his body change. Like, it's not like seeing Orgev transform. That would be a lot Fair more enough. jarring. And he was a silver dragonborn, right? Like, yes. He's been silver yeah. the whole time. Silver and yeah. silver. Okay. Um, and then it turns out that my, honestly, you know what? Turns out my Laurel and Hardy interpretation, not that wrong. Cause these bumbling doofuses have been searching for these weapons for millennia. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about, um, I'm so mad with the Orgev reveal. Like we'll, we'll get into like intention revealed later when we start answering questions, but, uh, just behind the curtain a bit, we had the reveal and then we went to go, uh, or no. We recorded one episode and then we broke to go eat lunch or dinner or whatever time of day we were recording. Um, but it was after Oriana had showed up and um, I was so mad at myself uh, that I, what, basically what I wish I would have done is Oriana showing up. She would have been Orgev shapeshifted oh, in disguise. Yeah. Like I was so mad at myself for not planting that seed that it wasn't Oriana, <laughs> that it was Orgev. Um, but eh, I just had him teleported. So uh, that's the one thing that like driving to go get dinner in my head. I was like, dang it. That would have been great. But man, if you thought Beric was mad <laughs> at Orgev in the situation we found ourselves in, if he had also found out that Orgev had made him think Oriana was in more danger than necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so we have this conversation in which I think it would be safe to say that a Josh Boyd creation turned into a fully formed Eric Strample NPC with, <laughs> with a bunch of angry, condescending, non-respond, non-answers to our questions. Sorry about that. I mean, that, whoa, 
they were not obtuse about their answers to your question. They like put all of their cards on the table. They no like no, no they were very upfront about their purpose. Then they were they were very evasive when questions about their motives, like did not answer our direct. I I mean they they are fearful for. I mean we we don't need to get into it. No, I I was not intending to be uh, obtuse in any way. I was trying to just have them be straight shooting. Like no, this is what we think is going to happen, and this is why we are worried about it. Well, I guess that's not. Yeah, no, they, they like I said, they weren't obtuse about their intention or their history even. It was when we said things like, you know, yeah, but you're assuming and we have seen what these things can do in other places and everything, not everything, the realm, the plane still survived, still thrived, yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, yeah, but maybe it won't. Well, and just really sticking hard line to that maybe it won't thing um, was very (laughs) annoying. (laughs) But the crux of the argument is the dragons remember the last time these four weapons were used in concert with one another. And it w- wasn't great. Um, and uh, they don't want it to happen again. And it turns out that Beric and Dex and Booyah don't particularly care what the dragons want when it means the destruction of their people. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, for the crux of it, there's obviously a lot of minutiae uh, that goes into it. Um, the Yeah, the Giants screwed up a bunch of things because they had these four weapons. And man, I learned some stuff. Like, I had no idea that the... that a, 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 a full elf or drow, which, I mean, I know it was just a different kind of elf could straight up touch one of those obelisks and be fine. I did not expect that. Not not getting infected in the realm of dreams because they don't dream. That makes sense to me. But, but the, the other, the more physical component of it, that surprised me is that, I mean, I, and I don't know how much of the, 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 the quarry is your interpretation of it and how much of it is written down, but is that a thing or is that a thing we're doing? Well, I mean, uh, they they cannot. Um, so Riedrins are humans that are grown because they can dream and they have that connection to Dao Core. Um, I I would be reluctant to outright say that there is no possible way that a quarry couldn't um, infect the mind. Uh, like it, it's a question of whether or not Drow and Elves are able to voluntarily sleep. I guess is mm. is the question. Um, if they could do it or if they're just physiologically unable, um, because if, if they're able to voluntarily become unconscious and connect themselves, then it would be entirely possible for them to go down the same path as Strint and Chance and, uh, Connor. Um, but, uh, they, they certainly are less vulnerable because they do not have to sleep. Um, creatures that have to sleep have an innate connection to Dalcor. So, yeah. And I'm sure if an elf were able or were willfully, you know, taken over, if they had heard the good news and wanted to yeah. be a part of the fight or whatever. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that that was news to me. Um, and also that the, that anybody goes to 
plane of dreams when they're dreaming. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. But I just hadn't ever considered it. Um, finally, the first time we've ever tried to bargain with anybody in this game, and I think both sides came out relatively pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I should explain. I hope it doesn't feel like I'm really flying through these episodes, but it is important for you to know that it is 94 degrees <laughs> in Oklahoma, and we had about a five-minute serious downpour, so the humidity spiked. And unfortunately... Eric's air conditioner decided to putz out on us right before we started recording. So I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, haven't even started sweating yet, but I also did come straight here from the gym. (laughs) So I was already an elevated um, (laughs) body temperature, I guess. And so I do want to die. (laughs) And uh, I hope this, this will not feel like shortchanging, but a lot of the episode was very straightforward. Well, and we have a lot of questions to, or sorry, not very straightforward by any means. The, a lot of things were addressed in episode that would be a lot of rehashing just to talk about again. There's not a lot of, well, let's do the, let's talk about the compromise. We, did, okay. we didn't get to that. I, and uh, Jeff as a player, very excited to take this compromise. Um, it may end in our doom, but I'm really excited to follow it and send and hope that it doesn't. Um, <laughs> because it's a, it's a doozy, but okay. Here's the thing. Lay it out. The compromise is yeah. the compromise is we will turn over the three weapons. No, we didn't. No, 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 no. Eventually. Oh, oh. We yes. will not. We did. We will turn over the three weapons and reveal the location of the fourth, provided the dragon or the dragons or Gavin Barasha. They've got fake names. Um, Brash is his real name. Brash is his real name. You said that. Uh, provided they go to their what was the term? The chamber. The chamber. Thank you. And essentially get permission to give us more information and hopefully some tools or resources to get to Dalcor to um to 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 shut down. Was that a proper way of saying it? To yeah, stop the working of a the, the word machine was thrown around, which in a fantasy setting can really mean. A number of things um but that should st- stop uh dalcor from keeping its current iteration open <laughs> it should stop them from stopping what's supposed to happen right right yeah. right um right. the reboot yeah essentially which all we're is gonna stop stopping the stoppage we're gonna no we're gonna jump start the stoppage <laughs> by stopping the stopping of the stoppage Yes. Why do people listen to this? <laughs> I've tuned it out. <laughs> but um, no, and that is all. That is all new information that we learned during this. Is we were like, hey, there's no other way, and like, oh, but there is another way. And it's like, well, that would have been cool to know when you found out what we were trying to do forever ago, or a portion of what we were trying to do. You knew what the problem was, and you could have revealed this to us sooner, but you just had to wait till Barrett gave up his eyeballs. Um, <laughs> Eric. Uh, but in the meantime this is the part I'm excited about as a player Uh, we have to kill a dragon that's masquerading as a prince of a major nation easy peasy 
Lemon squeezy. Yep. It won't be easy. I'm not dumb. Uh, hope, <laughs> hopefully we uh, are able to convince one or two people to be running buddies with us on this one. Because despite the fact that we are, I think it's fair to say, demigod level strength and ability, three of us, it still concerns me going after... Because all we know is they're not as old as Barasha. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So they could still be an adult dragon. Presumably yep. is if they're a member of this chamber. Yep. And and they're red so they can breathe fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all sounds fine, really. Sounds fun. <laughs> I am excited. I will say, I as this is still my first campaign. <laughs> uh, you guys have never okay with the exception of a short time where I had maybe four or five sessions of um oh what's the one Tomb of Annihilation yeah mm-hmm. aside from that this is the only d and I've ever played it's time Jeff fought a dragon <laughs> <laughs> it's true you've done the dungeons but you haven't done the dragons Level 14, potentially 15 by the time we get to the dragon. Eh. <laughs> We're going to shoot for it. <laughs> no, that, that, would, it, that would be a lot. Up. That would be a lot of piddling around. Before we say, the let's dragon. go grind Must. it out before. <laughs> I'm going to go into the woods. I'm going to kill a bunch of kobolds indiscriminately <laughs> and grind up to where I can get level 50 there's a, there's a lot of goblins in the faded forest you can go there and just just grind it wow. out i wonder if i just stood stood in one spot with my ribbon weave out and spun around in a circle <laughs> if i could just random it's like that thing in the simpsons i'm gonna be doing this and if you get hit it's your own fault uh i am i'm not even wildly swinging my arms because i would hit things i'm pretending to wildly swing my arms for the listener i make a lot of simpsons <laughs> I make a lot of Simpsons references that only hit with about 15% of at least our Discord, so whatever. Again, it's not a good podcast. You guys keep coming back. I don't know. I appreciate it. Um, but I am. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the thing. I don't know how Philip feels. I know how Barrick feels. Barrick's pretty sure <laughs> yeah. we're going to die. Oh, Barrick, I mean, well, I don't want to get too much into Barrick's state of mind, so I'm going to save that for actually playing i guess sure but no barracks not well yeah Bar- barracks pretty sure we're gonna die and oriana's solution was we should write it all down then <laughs> have a backup plan highly yep. Yep. highly practical is it is it though is it practical to write down what needs to be doing in case we die yes is it well, real- step- is it realistic to assume any of the people she said we give the writings to could f- finish what we started Almost certainly not. I mean, at least as far as Barracks had it explained to him since the beginning, step one is, all right, you need to become genetically me so you can inherit the pact. Well, yes, there is certainly that. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know what? I got no rebuttal for that, actually. Orion is wrong. Um, <laughs> but even if that weren't, a guiding part of it. I mean, and yes, Drakir had leveled up along with us. I, I know 
Randy leveled Crast up to be the same, and you might have been doing it already. Thorin is like level thirteen. They're very strong and powerful, but I it just I, I can't imagine if those three somehow one they would not band together. Two, if they did, I don't know that they would have as good a chance to finish this thing off as the three of us, or possibly the three of us with a couple of them to help out would be cool. Drakir got along well with Crast. Crast was sufficiently ruthless to be liked by Drakir. That's true. And Drakir and Thorin certainly have some sort of relationship. <laughs> they do. They have met. They have they have met. Time has been spent. Opinions mm-hmm. have been made. Yes. <laughs> Nightmares have been had. <laughs> <laughs> well, not Drakir. He doesn't dream. No, as established. Um Okay, so uh, that's that's the thing. That's that's what happened. I I I of course don't know, but I assume um at some point in the next arc we end up um in uh oh my on there. Yes. Learning mm-hmm. about their prince, mm-hmm. potentially meeting their prince. Probably not killing their prince. I mean, his full title, to be fair, to give him his due, is Royal Minister of Magic and First Warlord of Undare, Prince Adal Irinarn. So oh, he's the Minister of Magic. Every one of those is incompetent. <laughs> We're fine. And, and first, war, and first warlord, and first warlord. Yep. But his real name is Thoralar, the dragon. I wrote it down, um, but I don't have my note back. My notebook at hand right here. I, I want to say. It's if it's not Thoralar, it's, it's close enough to Thoralar that somebody's upset and annoyed that I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was Thorlar or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's in my notes that I do not have in front of me right now. Mm, we're just banging on all cylinders. Yep, doing great. <laughs> okay, let us get into the questions. Um, I don't know that these will be in chronological order of um. Episode, episode, but, but it will be in chronological order of when they were typed into the Discord by uh, our members. Okay. Um, do, do, do. I think Rin had Thorlar. the first question. Thorlar is the Thorlar. name of the dragon. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, okay, I think we already asked. We did that one. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Irene was actually the first person to ask, is Barash's appearance as a dragon part of Josh's original design or added later? Added later. She also asks if Josh is in the Discord. I, I don't know that he is. Josh, if you are and you would like to announce yourself to Irene, feel free to do so. Or the rest of us. Um, okay, so how did you intend to reveal the dragons? Because you had actually said to me, and I don't know if it made it in the recording. It may have been while we were eating. Yeah. I don't know. But you said they were going to be revealed by the end of this arc. Yes, yes. They they were going to be revealed probably by the end of that episode. It just, it, it was the true side of it all that caught mm-hmm. me so off guard. Um, so it, it didn't move up the timeline at all uh, because Barashid's obvious intent was he was headed towards the spear right. to grab it and then Orgev was going to enter the room and the reveal was going to happen. Um, so it was just going to be, it was going to be more Orgev-centric than Barasha-centric um, because Orgev is the I guess the the uh, Barash's CO. He's the senior agent, and Barash's right. They're helping, so uh, but they're obviously a team. It's just um, and and you could catch that dynamic. I mean, even if you assume Barash's um, deference to Orgev when they were in disguise was part of the ruse, you do see that dynamic in the conversation. You said Barash has started to say something, and Orgev cut him off a couple of times, at least once that I certainly yeah. remember. Um. But yeah, of course, 
to that point, Barasha was not going to get to that spear unless he attacked me or Oriana. One of us would have gotten there first. We're faster. I mean, if you all, I mean, you were, you said you were moving and checking for traps, which in my mind means you're moving slowly. Like he was not checking for traps. So, I mean, if you, if you are checking for traps, you are moving slower than somebody. That's who's fair. Not. Um, and Barrick told Oriana after, the after reveal, he, he knew. Yes. So, I mean, based on all things being equal in that scenario before the reveal happened, Barasha was going to get there first just because he was headed there with no. No, that's distractions. Fair. I, I didn't think about it. He didn't send Oriana, or I misremember, but yeah, yeah. He, he didn't send Oriana until after. Yeah. I like to think there's a chance that if Dex saw Barasha getting real close to that spear, he might click his heels and get there and grab it first, just be like, no, well, these are kind of ours, and just in case it attunes itself to the person that grabs it, it really needs to be me, one of us. Actually, it doesn't need to be me. I can't wield a spear. Uh, I mean, based on based on display, it needs to be Oriana. Yeah. Yeah, she's a spear champion. Uh so that was the, the so the intent was it was going to happen that episode. Yes. Just in a, a different way. In a way where the ball was in their court as opposed to them actually getting Barash actually getting a little caught off guard yeah. and Orgev probably having to Orgev didn't expect to be summoned by a distress signal. He yeah. expected to be summoned by a okay, we've got it, you can yeah, show I, up. I have now. the spear. Right. Uh, not oh yeah. crap oh crap oh crap please come please come I, I've been outed um, by who the blind one <laughs> um. <laughs> mm. okay so Laura uh, harkens back to the first adventure we had with Barasha and Orgev back in the second arc on the train when Barasha complained about people hiding their true face and saying he hates when your friends deceive you he was just being a liar huh not a liar he was being a jerk because no. he knew that I was a changeling <laughs> yes he did know that you were a changeling and he was just having a bit of fun like yeah he, he was messing with you not being like like <laughs> I mean I feel like we conflate these NPCs as having uh ill intent all the time when it was just I mean just having a bit of fun. Okay, it was Barasha having a bit of fun at by, Dex's expense. By Eric having a bit of fun by having a apparently very strong dragon-born NPC throw some shade at a level two first-time D and D player about being deceptive. <laughs> it was it was the first. See, uh, and this is the other reason why I had the long moment with the true sight is Philip has played with me long enough, and so has Randy, to know. I, I, as a DM, I am incapable of the long con. I get too excited. I get too, like, my hints are too obvious. Like, it's it never works out. And I really felt like this time I was going to do it. Like, I was going to have the reveal that had all the hints. And you could look back and be like, oh. And, like, look back at that moment and be like, he was being, like, he, like, yeah. just. And I got... I got within five feet of the finish line and it just got taken from me. No, no. You still played the long game. It was still a very surprising reveal. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't remember if you cut out the strangled sound I made when you told me what I saw, but yeah, I feel like you got us. Yeah. yeah no, mean, it was in there. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for you, I'm neither smart nor observant <laughs> so i didn't pick up on anything throughout the time that we saw them yeah uh, uh i need to go back and listen now to the barasha and orgav episodes because all i i mean i remember the dragon blood drinking thing 
Um, obviously, the fact that he just decimated a bunch of Warforged on the train. Yeah. But we all just assumed he was, I mean, he's been, a, he's a bodyguard for the prince. We all just assumed that he was a beefy guy. Ren asks, here's a question for the next reviewed. Can you give us any hints or facts or wishes for campaign two? Or does it depend on how this campaign wraps up? Wraps up? Meanwhile, what will Eric root? Meaning, what will Eric reveal and what do Philip slash Jeff slash Randy want to play next time? Um, I mean, I, I will say that there are a lot of ideas in my head for the next campaign, but I, I'm i still very much firmly planted in this campaign and I have not. Mm. I, I have, I've basically narrowed my ideas down, but I've not started planning. Um, I, I know I would personally like we talk about wishes and this is as far as I'll get into it. Um, something a bit more small scale and intimate, I think rather as opposed to uh, apocalyptic world saving scale um, would be fun. Um, I would agree. And that's going to clash with the fact that I plan on playing a dragon. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, or a Draco Lich. You can be a dragon that's been cursed to be in human form for all of eternity and, <laughs> uh, can't operate at a drac- draconic level ever again. That would be a hilarious character backstory. Yeah. <laughs> it actually would be really funny. And nobody to be the victim of a permanent polymorph spell. And to know what you once were. <laughs> to know what you once were, yeah. But nobody believes you. <laughs> no, yeah, I was course. a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be that's so funny. <laughs> well, that's Jeff's character. Um no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a Randy character. Yeah. If, if ever I heard a Randy character, that's a Randy character. Um, I have thrown around some character ideas. I have not done anything even close to creating or planning a character. I've done some spitballing with Eric about what might and might not work um, with different backstory ideas. Or uh, Honestly, I want to be as true to the setting as I can as well. So like if I come in here without having really talked to Eric and I'm like, I'm a dragon marked halfling in house, you know, Kundarak. Wait, they are halfling. No, that, that would be wrong. That, that would be wrong. No, that Kundarak is the dwarves. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I picked one that I know there's only like one that is actually halfling. So my odds were pretty good. The really hard part was there's remembering, two. Oh, who cares how many there are? <laughs> Many of our listeners. I know. <laughs> Many of our listeners care. I know. I'm. I. I, I you're, can't. you're just demonstrating the point. <laughs> I can't imagine the listeners uh, like me. Um, but, uh, um, so yeah. So I. I. I've, I've. Now that I've grown to really enjoy this setting and enjoy what I have learned about it uh, and needing to learn more, I recognize um, I'm not going forward with anything until. We kind of get maybe even an idea now. Eric says he or Eric has mentioned in the past to us he wants to go smaller scale. So yeah, I've totally scrapped a couple of ideas because the backstory doesn't work. The backstory is too grandiose to be a more small scale. Um, I mean, you've thrown down the word noir, yeah, a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, to do that. But I am throwing around stuff. Uh, I I have because I'm always kind of thinking about characters just at random times. I have a few different ideas. I'm currently, I would say if I'm was going to give a leaning, I'm kind of leaning towards something like an artificer just because it's such a classic Eberron thing that hasn't been a part of our campaign. So 
I will say one thing I'm struggling with as far as what I want to do next campaign is there's a big party that wants to play a caster and jump into that world. The two things mm-hmm. keeping me scared of it are one, it's just a lot to keep track of and I'm not I'm not I'm not great with what I've got as a as a <laughs> as a non-magical rogue fighter combo. Uh the other thing that's keeping me from that a bit is now, I'm not saying I would play Thorin because I would not. Thorin is firmly a campaign one character. But the idea of playing another character that is like the straight man among the whatever craziness is happening is really fun. And you could take it different mm-hmm. directions than being kind of comically semi-oblivious Thorin. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's... Philip and I have had a conversation about like the idea of doing a small-scale campaign with like a party, like Ghostbusters. Like a party that's that way of just... Yeah, everyday people that are just what is going on around us. Please help. Like, um, sure. So, but a, a party of thorns. So, yeah. um, but there's a lot of ideas being kicked around, Rin, and uh, none of them are going to take shape until this campaign is over. But to to address part of your question and a question we I I get uh, during hangouts and things like that uh, on the uh, with the patrons, um, I I am very much leaning towards the next campaign not being a canonical sequel to this one. Um, Now, our Eberron might end up in the exact same place where we started in, and it would make no difference whether or not it was a canonical sequel and, like, characters are running around and we could have cameos and have a good time. But it's seeming increasingly more like this Eberron is going to be fundamentally changed in a pretty significant way and that's going to be a lot of admin on my part to try and do a canonical sequel. So I'm leaning towards no, but uh, maybe. So I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, this Eberron is going to be fundamentally different because it's going to be gone because we're going to die fighting a dragon. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, there's another Rin question, uh, fun one. If pizza were served aboard the airship, what would everyone eat? There's also a question of what would Booyah eat instead of cheese on his pizza because apparently we recall Booyah does not like cheese. He yes. does not. But obviously Randy's not here to tell us that. I mean, I want to say Dex would do a Hawaiian pizza because that's Jeff's favorite kind of pizza. But I think Dex probably eats... It goes one of two ways. Plain cheese because he we've already established he's not a fancy food guy. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, Dex might eat supreme pizza because there's one thing that Dex has proven, and there's no such thing as too much <laughs> in <laughs> in any regard <laughs> for him. I really don't know how to answer this question in terms of Barrick. I, I really don't know uh, as far as Barrick. I, just, no, I have no idea. So, okay. All right. Um, and then Rin did also ask... <sighs> This is the one that I thought that we might have addressed, but I don't know. We know what Barry Booyah and Dex do to keep in shape in fighting form. What do the shipmates do to stay in shape and stay sane? Um, I think the reason I feel like we've, we've answered this one is because what Cassian does is B's a young boy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Cassian is a child. <laughs> Cassian runs around a lot. Uh, Charlie carries heavy bags and boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Rickard reads um, and... I don't know what he does to keep his body strong. He just maybe crunches in the closet. To um, be fair, there is no reason to believe that any of the NPCs that haven't been explicitly shown 
are concerned about their physical fitness, Jace might not give a crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jace, Jace is a pilot and he has not shown any real combat competencies. So yeah, it's not a big deal to him. I mean, Rickard obviously is he an does have archer guns. and yeah. that's, that's been spit stated aloud. Yes. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Old old shipmates were a lot more combat focused, so they the, that would have been a much more interesting answer for the likes of Paolo and Gerald and all of those. But uh, they are no longer on the show, therefore they are all dead. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, wow. Um, okay, uh, unfortunately we need to speed round a bit. So uh, go, go. Uh, uh, cool. Ask what color of dragon is Orgev? Great question. He is blue. He is that dragon. Maybe. Screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, it just uh, real quick, because uh, I know a lot of people know the geography of Eberron well and wonder why south and not east. Um, I, like, they they did not reveal where their base of operation is. And while uh, people familiar with Eberron canon know where the chamber is, Beric, Dex, and Booyah certainly don't. And also the potential people that are following agents of the chamber. And so they're, they... They don't go directly home. They're going to try to lose any tails they might have. So, anyway. Okay. Cool. Uh, speaking of cool, he has a question. Um, he asks, how are Barasha and Orgev so old? Nobody questions it. Gold dragons have a maximum lifespan of 5,800-ish years, and they're the longest-lived dragons. Is the best answer to that not our dragons? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, it's a question of, uh, I mean, the chamber is such a secretive organization that, I mean the the I've always viewed the information presented in the the books and the source material is information that people know, like uh, w- with the exception of like monster cards and stuff like that. So, best recollection and revealed by the dragons, the oldest of dragons can live is fifty eight hundred years. In my head, the the chamber by its nature, just dragons by their nature, would not reveal their lifespan. Like they would not tell anybody, oh, this is the oldest we could live or anything like that. So I've always just in all of my games played pretty fast and loose with that hard cap of like 5,800 years as the oldest a dragon could be. Um, Just because I think it's more interesting if they can live older and you have these beings that might have been around for the creation of the world potentially. So sure. I mean, the expected lifespan of my childhood dog was 11 to 12 years and he lives 23. There you go. So. Yes, he was a bafflingly old dog. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. It's not the record, but it's close. <laughs> or the recorded record. Uh, so I guess what a record means. It's recorded. Hey, here's one. Um, uh, so this one is, is, is a, a one from Joe. Joe also had a um, how long have they been dragons question. Uh, but his second question is uh, regarding the process voices that you do at the beginning of the episodes. Uh is that something that's going to be strictly pre-show? Is that something you can do during live show? Is that something you're willing to try during well, I, I, the live recording? I, I could not without um, adding a whole lot more complications to our recording process. I don't even know if it's possible the way that we record um, for me to do it live. Like, like we when, would certainly not hear yeah, it. Yeah, for you all to hear it. Um, it's, it's possible to go back, but that would mean um, like the conversation between Barasha and Beric and Orgev. Uh, if I wanted to alter Brash and Orgo's voices, just highlighting all of their voices, but not Barrick's voice and running the processing, it it would add a lot of man hours to the episode. And the the background music, the occasional sound effect, that's about as much 
post-processing is I want to add to our actual table play. I do want it to still be somewhat authentic to the way it is when we play. Um, I, I don't want to go full radio drama with mm-hmm. it. So um, I, it was just a fun thing that I decided to tinker with for the pre-show quotes. Um, and yeah, so that's probably where it's going to remain. Okay, um, let's get back to questions. Um, our friend Laura does that thing she does where she tries to get us to tell what we're going to do in the future, like that's ever worked, and asks, are you going to get the only person you've seen kill a dragon come with you to kill the dragon prince? He also killed fake royalty. It's Drakir. Drakir's the person you should find. Probably not, maybe. Who knows? Listen and find out. <laughs> um, yeah. And then this thing happened on the discord where suddenly all these questions that I mean, I'll answer them. Don't make, Oh no, we can answer them. Sure. Uh, so, uh, does Vor have PTO that he can use to visit Barrick? Vor loves work. And no, doesn't Rukin's love a t- <laughs> no, Rukin's an, Rukin's a terrible, uh, employer. And when Vor has time off, he does not come visit Barrick. There's no unions. How would they bargain for paid time off? Like, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Thorin did it, but he's a bad egg. Um, Jess asks, what's Vor's favorite meal? Uh, sawdust. Toast. <laughs> toast. Toast and sawdust. Yep. Unseasoned. Plain toast. Unseasoned boiled chicken. Um, did Vor have any childhood pets? He had a goldfish. It died after two days. They tried to get some pets. And they just kept biting them. They just, they, they did not like Vor. Vor lore. That's right. Did Barrick or Dex or Booyah? Probably not. Barrett grew up on a ranch. Yes, his grandfather's farm has lots of horses. They're all retired war horses. See, Barrick's life is interesting. Vor's is not. Vor lore. Dex had no pets because he didn't. Uh, Booyah lived in the jungle, so <laughs> pets were hard to keep, but <laughs> easy to find. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think that might be... Glenn. Glenn had an actual ah, question. Yes, here it is at the end. I had to do some Vor scrolling. Uh so Glenn's question is this, the type of detailed interactions with NPCs that you guys have sounds stressful to me. If my groups had those regularly, there'd be a lot of group tension between players. How do you guys do it well and keep friendships, in ta- friendships intact? What's the trick to separating the frustration? Oh, we're not friends anymore. I don't yeah. like Eric at all. <laughs> yeah. um, this is basically like uh, Fleetwood Mac just recording, uh, recording for the sake of recording and then not speaking otherwise. Um, no, I, I mean, more seriously, I think it's, I am not Barrick. I have great affection for Barrick. I like playing Barrick. And when I'm at the table, I'm probably a little bit method because I I act like I'm Barrick while we're at the table, but I'm not Barrick. So bad things happening to Barrick are not bad things happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same, basically. Um, I mean, it helps that, again, I've never held Eric in high regard. So, um, no, I mean, the reason, the reason that we don't, and I don't know if this is particular to us, first off, Eric and I were friends for years before we started playing D and D together. Um, same. Yeah. And so it's pretty easy to real, I know Eric well enough to know that he would never push as hard and as condescendingly to Jeff as his NPCs do to Dex and Barrick. So I never mm-hmm. conflate the two. Well, and I think it's, it, I mean, that uh, we don't need to get all psych 101, but like I, at least in my like self view, 
am absolutely nothing like the NPCs that I portray. Like I'm, I feel like I'm a very, uh, uh, well, some of them sound like agree. Well, yes, that's fair. <laughs> a very agreeable, uh, like easygoing individual that is not condescending to people most of the time. Well, and, <laughs> I, and I'll say this, and I'm sure Philip can can echo this sentiment. I have had actual disagreements with Eric that have led to stern conversations, and they were very different tones. So, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, we as friends, and Philip and I have differing viewpoints on a lot of things, and have had similar conversations, and it's like. There's just a different tone. We try to understand each other as opposed to when D and yeah. when when Barrick and Dex are talking to an NPC, the goal ninety nine percent of the time is to is to win or persuade them to our side. Whereas when Philip and Eric and Jeff are talking, we're trying to understand each other and come to not a consensus, because that won't happen with a lot of things that we don't agree on, but just a understanding. I now see what you are saying. I still think you're wrong. <laughs> I still disagree with you. Uh, no, right. I, no, I still think you're wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not trying to change your mind anymore uh, through force uh, and and uh, or just sheer sub stubbornness. Anywho, um, and that's something the world's missing today. You know, we're <laughs> really uh, examples for everyone. Gross. <laughs> Uh, the secret, the way Randy's able to handle it is that he doesn't show up to the review, so he doesn't see this. Uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't have to, he doesn't have to put up with us as often as the rest of us do, and that's how he attains his peace, uh, is by abstaining from spending time with us. Um, I. Oh, okay, there is one last question real quick. Uh, she says, if I'm not too late, literally just under the wire, oh, by like 20 minutes, uh, can we know the plan with the dragon orb that Philip teased last reviewed? Not yet. There you go. <laughs> Asked, I, answered. I, I honestly don't know if there's something Eric will end up doing with that. I'm sure we'll do a really big Eberron reviewed at the end of the campaign. And if it has not been relevant, then I'll happily share Trakir's evil plan to save the world with a dragon orb. Yeah. It, it, um, it feels like that, that's too much of a Chekhov's gun to give away anything until we're finished in case yeah, it does just, show back. We up. don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the campaign that the, 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 it might change. Like, so yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, you guys, that's our time. Thank you for, uh, for listening. I'm going to pass out. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, follow us on social media. Everything is at the Geek Pantheon. You can find us on patreon.com slash the Geek Pantheon. Uh, join this Discord that we keep mentioning people from if you would like to. Um, I believe the the $1 a month tier gets you in the Discord, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just, yep. just show up and give us. A, uh, a, a, and it gets you into the Discord and it also gets you access. Just the $1 gets most of your videos you post on Patreon. Yeah. Right? All, 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 all the, the, the video content that goes up on the Patreon. Okay. And that's just for. It also moves the Patreon one step closer to crazy milestone rewards based on the number yes. of patrons, not on the amount of money. Yes. Right. If we, if we hit 50 patrons, regardless of what tier you're in, we will live stream the finale of Eberron Renewed. Like the final session will be live streamed. So, um, yeah, so hopefully and, we can hit that. And that'll be wild and mm-hmm. probably... Now, to be fair, it will be live streamed. It will also be released on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, we yeah. want to make sure that's clear. Uh, um, 
Can't promise it'll be family friendly in the and, moment. And to be clear, the live stream will not be, uh, the patrons will unlock the live stream. It will not be patron exclusive. Like the patrons won't get to know how it ends before non-patrons, just to make that right. clear. We're not putting that behind a paywall. That is, that's important. Thank you for clarifying that. Regardless, patreon.com slash the Pantheon if you'd like to contribute towards that goal or be a part of the Discord. Uh, go check out the tiers. If you're a DM or a regular player, you may love checking out Eric and Philip's contributions to their DM spellbook, which is available at a slightly higher tier, $3, uh, I believe. Um, and it goes up and up from there. Yeah. Um, with further incentives anyway check that out uh please rate and review us on apple podcasts particularly i understand mm-hmm. very few especially I, I i'm learning more and more in the the nerd space that tends to be populate D. apple or at least for mobile ios is not the preferred use uh, user and that's fine it still unfortunately is the industry standard for algorithms that show what's popular and what's trending and whatnot so rating and reviewing in the Apple Podcasts app or, uh, or or website is is the best way you can help us get noticed further. So we'd really appreciate that. Um, maybe by the next time we release an episode, we will have come up with an incentive the way we have in the past, some sort of incentivizing to get to get some more reviews in. Anywho, thanks for everything, everybody that listens. We really appreciate you guys, um, and I am dying. So. Uh, my name's my name's Jeff. I'm Eric. I'm Philip. Let's turn this fan on. Goodbye. Bye.